Fly me to the moon for the third time. It is put on a record. Episode 76. 69. 420. John, what episode is John? No, for real, what episode is this? 15. Well, I'm going to go with Dwayne 15. because I haven't, you know, me and my memory, I, I'll never be able to remember. I haven't, so I haven't next, written down to make sure. That's good. So next week we're going to do a deep dive, and I think that that would be a perfect way to close I out think season one. A great, great idea, think? yeah. I'm with it. I'm with All it. right, cool. All right, so this week we... Oh, we're not going to tell Cuddy, them what the deep dive Moon is? Moon 3. No. No, we're not going to tell them what the deep dive is. Marinate them. Marinate them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was super, super excited about this record, even though history has told me that I should not have been. Yeah, cautiously optimistic would have been a good one. That is a perfect phrase. Cautiously, man. I'm really glad that I wasn't like a fan fan before this. Like looking forward to it coming out. Yeah, I was a. I'm a Kid Cudi fan. I guess you could say. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a Kid Cudi fan because I'll just break it down for you. Like his first two records to me are phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then, like, it's been missing. Like, you either, like, his records are either at hits or miss. Like, there's really no in-between most of the time. Would you agree with that, Dwayne? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that he came into the industry as a certain type of artist. And since then, he's kind of went his own way like he didn't do the same thing twice really like so he's always stepped out in a new direction every time and sometimes it turned out pretty well sometimes it turned out absolute dog shit um but i think that even the what we don't like from his discography is still influenced a pack of artists you know who are looking for something you know counterculture to the hip-hop stuff so yeah it's a lot of stuff i don't like uh, is in Kid, Cud- Kid Cudi's discography, but then he's got a lot of stuff I do like from a hip hop standpoint. So it's a he's a real interesting, conflicted sort of an artist. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into this one. Uh, album three of the trilogy. Uh, first track is "Beautiful Trip," thirty-seven seconds. This is an intro. Uh, the only note I have on this is I like the use of the chords from in my dreams from the first oh, man on the moon yeah yeah it was a re it was a rehash but i thought it uh set the tone sonically uh had great texture to it and you know he started off by humming just to let you know that he was going to do something oh wait wait he yeah, actually has I, lyrics on this according to genius.com no i mean there's like an o and an ah and maybe a yeah Okay. Yeah, that I mean that the so Kid Cudi's hums are like oh. Kid Cudi's ad libs. Like there is constant humming throughout yeah. this entire catalog. Which normally I would be annoyed by, but with him it's like he does it well. soothing. He does. Well he he basically 
just sings. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the words in you know, it, it always fits in there with what he's doing. Like he doesn't do it if it's not gonna be dope. That's true. This is the longest we've ever talked about it. Uh, for like thirty seven second intro. But, yeah, but there's only there's only what did it say? Uh there's he says oh three times and then three two one. So like that's all the lyrics on there. So I mean can't really deep deep dive. That I don't know. Much. I think we should break it down a little cool. more. <laughs> oh, let's go to the second one. <laughs> All right. All right. Second track is Tequila Shots. Um, it, it was not, this nope. was not the pace I expected uh, to start the album. It is, it's not a bad track. It, it is like that classic Cuddy vibe. Um, the only thing I really would have liked to see is the speaking parts. I would have liked to see Common come back and do the speaking parts. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been, that'd have been dope. Um, well, I've read somewhere that he wrote Tequila Shots when the Scots record hit number one, something like that. Um, so, like, it was a cel- it was a legit celebration when he did it. I'm sure that was like the f- first time in a while he's had a, an actual hit. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was you know from the very first notes it felt like a classic Cuddy song. And it kind of had that Kanye vibe to me. Uh, so it kind of reinforced what we talked about before uh, when we did Kanye versus Cuddy, that Cuddy had to be an influence on Kanye uh, around that 808s era, like, because they're, they're too similar. Like what Kanye was doing yeah. then and what Cuddy is doing now, which was what he was doing then. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a, a mentor teacher relationship that goes both ways. Um, and I like that the beat was similar to the man in the moon, man on the moon era, but it was updated for 2020. So it sonically, it sounded the same, but it felt. New. I will agree that it was updated for 2020. Looking at the production, this it was co-produced by uh, Take a Day Trip. Yeah. Um, can I just mention that my very favorite part of Tequila Shot's song was his word, uh, his use of the word "dude." Never thought I would be back here bleeding. I'm not just some sad dude. You can see my life, how I grew up on Serenity. I just thought it was great. It, you never ever hear yeah, well, him, like, anybody say dude. And you go, oh, yeah, that was kind of a dope line. Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi is very much internally a 90s alternative rocker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, the way he said dude, since it's so new to you, but that is like really? classic Cudi. Like he may not have said the word "dude" like that before, but that's like in his repertoire to stretch to a word. It like so that. it's so just it's for, not just terrible. for emphasis. It, exactly. Exactly. Track three is another day. Um, so I enjoyed the vocal melody. I was not a fan of the the kind of the flow of the song in general or the ad libs, and I felt like it would have been better with the hook would have been better with out the vocal effect or the vocal layering yeah it was it was yeah it was a little weird um it it sounded like cutty the whole song did but i thought that the chorus reminded me of drake like just the way he constructs things uh in so that's a little weird juxtaposition with cutty and drake on this kind of thing um Mm -hmm. so yeah no i get what you're saying how it kind of felt a little awkward uh, with all the layers in there. Um, but I thought that the beat knocked hard 
uh, and it left a lot of room for Cuddy to do Cuddy things. Yeah. It was a lot less sad boy vibe than the first, well, second song. Um, and it, it almost sounded like a drinking song, but like one of those alone drinking songs. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he probably I mean, drinks that would alone. make sense, but this sounds like the, the song you would put on as you're popping the bottle. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to sit here and get fucked up a lot. can see it track four she knows this uh this <laughs> this is the hit it, it it's the one. the one yeah this is the one like the easily the, this is the most standout track and judging from the charts on apple music at least it probably is for most people like all around fun track great melody the standout hit on the album we're talking about she knows this yeah i thought it was Okay, yeah, yeah, she knows this. I, I thought Cuddy was adapting well to current trends. Like he was doing everything that everybody else is doing, but you know, making it his own. So he was mixing the choppy flow and the melody over a smashing type beat. Uh, but it's not my favorite track on the project, but it's definitely the one that'll bring new fans to Cuddy. Like if you don't know who Kid Cuddy is because, you know, he's been on the fringes for the last decade, this will bring him in. Do I have I to talk about this one? Because I kind of feel the opposite way. I gave this like one and a half. No, you definitely talk, talk your shit. So That's check it out. I podcast. think the intro is really freaking weird. Okay. I did not like the, his choice of bass sound. And I did not like his choice of melodic synth, like nearing the middle end of the, the song. It just threw me off. And I, like I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't get into the song because of it. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. I, I, have, I have a, a note that opinion. literally <laughs> says I would probably skip it if I noticed it. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah. I'm right. Saying I wouldn't I wouldn't skip it. I, I, it's definitely not in my top of this project. Will, but yeah, no, it's a... Uh, I will mention John, that this one. in like the passive listen, because I've tried to listen to these albums a couple of times, so it's not just, oh, I've listened to it once and took notes on it. Um, so I try to do like a passive listen and an active listen, if that makes any sense to you. But anyway, in the passive listen, I didn't notice this song, so I didn't skip it, if that makes sense. So it's good okay. enough that like it doesn't stand out yeah. as, oh, I hate this song, but it's it's in a very like high level or pinpoint level, you know, I'm going to take notes on these songs one by one, every single one of them. You know, I just like, nope. This isn't my thing. I'll listen to it because I need to, but this isn't my thing. All right. So let's dive into the next song. Well, yeah, let's dive into the next song. Track five is Dive. Um, I was super indifferent to this song the first time I heard it. The more I heard it, the more it grew on me, and I really like this song now. I have to agree with you there. Yeah, I, I, it's one of, yeah, it's a solid one. I thought it was songs like this, and he's got songs kind of like this in his discography sprinkled around, uh, that I point to as an example of Cuddy being the blueprint for a lot of these new age artists. Because, you know, it, 
to me, like this is the kind of song that you would put Peep X or Juice or Trippy on, you know, because it's got all the vibe that these artists are doing, you know, but it's 100% cutty and you can't take it away that that's what his legacy has been, has been the influence on these guys to be the emo weirdo rap. You want to sing, you want to rock out, you want to rage sort of thing. Yeah. So I thought that this was a perfect example of his influence on everything else. So like when people listen to she knows, and then it turns right into dive, you're just like, Oh, this kind of sounds like the other stuff we listen to. Well, it's not a big radio song. It sounds like the other yeah. things. we. Buy. I mean, I think Dylan put it perfectly. Yeah. Vibes really good. I actually really like the intro, but I don't really have any notes one way or the other. Like there wasn't anything so bad that I need to talk about it. There's nothing so great that I was like, Oh, that stands out a lot, but it was a good, you know, vibing song. Track six is damaged. Um, so uh, he transitions in the album here, and this this is the beginning of Act Two: The Rager, The Menace. Um, the whole song just sounds off because of the vocal effects. I don't. I didn't think the vocal effects were necessary, and to me, it it dates the track. It almost already sounds outdated. Hey, I'm glad you said that. Because uh, my first note on here is the 808 and heartbreak vibes are yeah. strong on this one. Like the beat was, yeah. like, was was perfect for Cuddy, but you could easily hear Kanye's voice all over it. But he didn't need his voice, obviously. But like it's it's this that I you know goes back to the thing I'm saying where he would I think he was a strong influence on Kanye at that early dark stage of you know dealing with his depression and split personalities and all that other fun stuff he deals with. Daily, yeah. So I know I don't exactly what you're saying when you say it feels kind of dated. The effects are kind of weird mm-hmm. because that's what 808 and Heartbreak was, you know, yep. super experimental, weird, and you know that was like what ten years ago. Yeah, and we'll get into 808s and Heartbreak, I'm sure, in a in a Kanye deep not dive, this not dive really next week, but that I mean that sound defined that era, you know. So yeah, it, I one yeah I don't know that I was thinking eight oh eights and heartbreak at the time, but now that you say it, like, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like if you took Travis Scott out of the eight oh eight and heartbreak equation and it was just Cuddy and Kanye, I think this is what Guys, it is. I don't have a yeah. whole lot of notes for this. I did really like the song. Um, I did feel like it could have used something or had too much of something. So I think I'm getting the same weird vibe you guys are getting, but. I wanted to mention how bad of an opportunity we missed to talk about the deep dive in the last song called Dive. Yeah, I mean we've talked as much as we can about the deep dive. We're not we're not yeah. telling people what I know, the deep but I just want to perpetuate the uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for. The angst. It's all good. We probably we can talk should. about heaven on earth, track seven. Yeah, this is the this is the rap song. It's um, true. <laughs> I don't like it, but <laughs> it's it's the rap song on the on the album by the rapper. It to me, so like I've always kind of said, like Kid Cudi to me is not a rapper in the traditional sense of the word. I wouldn't. He's he's genre fluid. 
Um, but you know, it's catered to a rap audience and this is the rap song on the album and I don't like it. Yeah. I'm, I feel you. Like I thought it just turned out as average. Um, but I thought that this easily could have been the Eminem feature. Cause like, it's that kind of a beat that Eminem's rapping on right now. Um, but as it is, I thought Cuddy was solid, but it was nothing extra special. So like just average, but even Cuddy's average is better than most. So I thought as a, as a record, it was fine. Um, like it didn't really detract, but it is a little, a little different than what we've had leading up to it. So it did feel like a little weird start stop. Let's pick it up. All right. Track eight is show out with Skepta and pop smoke. Um, this does not fit with anything else on this album. And I, my theory behind this is because of the Pop Smoke feature. feature. Um, being that Pop Smoke recently passed, um, you know, it's a good look to put a Pop Smoke song on there. And he may have already had one done or the verse was added later. This doesn't oh. fit anywhere on the album for me. Yeah. It was, it was cool. I thought the beat was interesting um, because it's a UK drill type beat. Um, which you know you could you could tell by the hi hats that it's not the typical thing that we do here. Um, so I thought it was cool to hear Cuddy on something completely different, you know, step outside of his box and all that. And I thought Pop Smoke was a solid choice for the chorus. Um, I thought it would have been dope if he'd had an actual verse on it, but you know that's kind of just how it goes sometimes. Um, and I'm kind of a Skepta fan. Like I, he's hit or miss with me, but I generally like him. Uh, but when I did that first listen where I wasn't dissecting it, his voice was so different than what he normally does that I, it didn't instantly hit me that it was him. So like, I don't think this was a great showing for Skepta. His verse was okay. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a good choice with the type of beat that was there. And Cuddy raps, you know, on the beat and it was kind of nice. Um, but overall the song just turned out average, which, you know, which was solid, you know, but so I, better, I, I think, think it's funny that, that you mentioned that Skepta was kind of only okay because I kind of thought he was only okay. Um, I don't think he overly added anything to the song. Um, but because I use Genius as a way to read my lyrics, shout out Genius.com, sponsor below. Um, they actually mentioned that Dot the Genius and Plain Pat had worked with Pop before he blew up at Dot Studio. And they had this recorded and they never did anything with it. And it was just something that he had. And Cuddy was sitting with him one day because Dot was working on this album. And he goes, yo, I got this record for you. I'm going to play it. Let me know what you think. So he plays it and I'm like, yo, I need this. So that's actually kind of how he managed to get that on there. It, it should be important to mention, too, that Dot the Genius produced like 90% yeah. of this album. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. He did most of the first one too, if memory <clears throat> serves correct, and the second uh, one. Incorrect, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Track nine. You know, been a decade. Yeah, right. So. Track nine, Mister Solo Dolo three. Um, so there has been a solo dolo on each of the Man in the Moon albums. Um, this one's cool. It's more of what I expected for this album. Uh, it's it's not going to top the first one, but 
that could be said about a lot of things. Yeah, I thought it was so far in the project. It's probably my favorite song on here because um, it's as close to the perfect Cuddy that we can expect to get. You know, he's part. It's personal. He's rapping. He's singing. It's got a dope vibe to it. Uh, I think that the lo-fi vibe mixed with the 808 was a great backdrop for this sort of a song. But yeah, you can't really throw it up against the you know the genius that was the first one. You know what I mean? Because like, like that's a timeless piece. But I thought it was a worthy addition to the solo dolo trilogy. I, I like the beat on this one. I, I don't know if I could say it's my favorite one on the album. But I will say that this one does edge out the... Or I'm sorry, that the first one edges out this one. Um, and I don't like it the least out of the three. So be proud of me. I did go listen to all three of them back to back. So. All right. But you guys are right. The number, the first one definitely takes it. Yeah. Track 10 is Sad People. Um, I like everything about the hook. Uh, I just felt like the track felt kind of shallow. Maybe it needed more vocal layering. Other than that, it was fine. Yeah, I thought that it, I thought that it felt a lot like Day and Night did the first time I heard it, where you're just like, oh, this is new, sort of awkward, but it has a vibe to it that you can really get attached to. Um, I thought the beat was super nice on it, but it kind of overpowered Cuddy's vocal. So I kind of get what you're saying, where it just felt a little thin, like it wasn't as big of a production as the rest of them. Especially after coming up to solo dolo, where everything's super layered up. Um, I think it could just be a weird mix that is bringing it all down. But yeah, I it so was, look, uh, guys, I good. think it was a good song too, and you know, extra regular. However, I thought somebody was tapping on the door the whole song, and it really, really distracted me because it's in the beat. So I don't know if it's mixed strong, like Dwayne was saying, um, or what. But every time I listen to this song on multiple different platforms because I use my laptop, I use the computer speaker or my, yeah, my computer speakers at work, my TV speakers and a regular set of speakers. Every single time I listened to it, it sounded like somebody was tapping on a window or throwing like the pebbles on the window kind of sound. And I was like, no, I don't like that. All right. Um, tell me how you feel about track 11. LC's I don't like it. Boy. It sounds off. He says sad boy in it, which I think is hilarious because this is a sad boy album, but he can definitely tell a good story. So this song isn't one of my favorites, so let's just say that, but it's relatively soft. I thought the lyrics personal and delivered in a way that not too many other artists could do. I and that's just kind of what Cuddy does. He does something a little I different. I absolutely hated this song. It's it sounds like a nursery rhyme cut from Speeding Bullet to Heaven, and it it might have been. I will skip this song every I, time. I can't... Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the other note that I've got on this was I, the beat was awkward, but I kind of liked it, but just not in the context of the song. It kind of felt like one of those Andre three thousand weird for the sake of being weird. So beats. Cuddy was the main producer on this one. Uh, I I am not a fan of Cuddy Beats, personally. Well, that's fair. I just truly sounded like he uh, started on the wrong beat and stayed there. That's it. 
Track 12 is September 16th. Um, it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't stand out, and it sounds like about five other songs on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my note from here is this is another one of those songs that shows you just how much of an influence he is on the current wave of rap. I like the beat a lot. I like the way it switched up towards the end. Uh, it had that man on the moon kind of a vibe, but yeah, it didn't really stand out to me. It was just kind of uh, cutting. I like this one a lot. I, uh, I gave it a four, right? I like the beat as well, Dwayne. And I think they're, you're right. They, they break it down in the middle of the beat really well. I do think that the beginning of the beat comes in uh, maybe too harsh or just not feathered in the right way, but it just comes in really awkward. Um, but I really liked it. I, I thought it was a really good song and it resonated with me and I could see what you're talking about Dwayne, where they're, you know, Cuddy was maybe the influencer of the new generation. Yeah, it's just the, that's it's him Cuddy doing Cuddy things. And, you know, we're talking about him 20 plus years later and he's doing the same things he was doing then. Right. But now it's trendy to do right. those things because it's what everybody's doing. Track 13 is The Void. I really liked this one. I thought this one was super dope. I really like the hook. This one's a banger. Oh, absolutely. I thought this was a great man on the moon vibe. Um, while Cuddy isn't the greatest singer, in my opinion, he always makes it work. So I thought that he did a real good job of layering it and staying in his pocket. So it didn't sound like he was trying too hard. Um, I thought the beat was solid with what he was doing. I think with his lyrics and the chorus and the way he delivered it, it could easily be an EDM track or a rocked out vibe track. And I think it would sound just, you could swap out the beat for some, one of those other two things without changing a single Cuddy thing. I think it would still work because of the See, way. See, this song drew me in better or, you know, more intensely than any other song on this album. Um, but then it like fell off a little bit. Like, I don't know if it, if they changed it from when it came in or whatever, but it, it just felt like it dropped something. Right. So it could have been better if you will. Um, but really the only thing I felt lackluster about this entire track was Kind of the course. Yeah, you just don't like the course. And maybe it was the fact that the outro on a five and a half minute song was like a minute long. Yeah. Did you like the chorus on track fourteen, "Loving Me" featuring Phoebe yeah, Bridges? I did actually. I think they uh, they did a very. I'd really. I did think too. their duet complemented each other very well. I think. Phoebe made the song great. Not that Cuddy was bad, but it was a better song with her on it. Him, her, was it a girl or a guy? It was a girl, right? Yeah, I also think they did a swell job. Hey, you yeah, never know. Yeah, it's a yeah. Swell job. I thought I'm with both of you on this. Yeah, it could have been a little longer, but I thought it was an instant playlist ad as is. No, like I wouldn't label it as a rap song. You know, outside of maybe the beat. Uh, but Phoebe, I thought, was a perfect choice for this. Her voice was flawless and elevated the song, like John said. Um, outside of, you know, maybe making it a little longer, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Cool. Track 15 is The Pale Moonlight. 
Um, all right. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit on this. So earlier I said that I don't like Kid Cudi's production. Um, yeah. I love this beat and it, but it sounds like it was from Indicud, which Cudi produced the entire thing. So I'm kind of contradicting myself there, but it's got a nice melody and we got like, you know, the classic Kid Cudi humming, which we didn't get <laughs> for a bulk of this album. So let me interject real quick. I, I'm yes. with you. I like the song. Uh, it, it was okay. It was a pretty good beat. There were some pieces I really, really didn't like with the beat. There was a repetitive piano in there that was really droning to me. Um, and it was, it sounded like it was kind of lazily put together. Okay. The chorus was all right, but I don't think I can agree with you on the humming. I think the humming was the wrong choice. I think if he'd have done it differently, it could have been okay. But in this song, on this beat, the way he was doing it, I, I don't know if he was missing the right tone or if he was just missing the mark, but I don't think the humming was right for this one. I thought it was Vintage Cuddy. Um, like, while he's not really known for for rapping, I thought that he that's what he did and he did a good job. Um, everything about this song kind of brought me back to when I first heard Cuddy, so pre-Man on the Moon. That would have been um, a kidney cutting. Yeah, so more of the, the rap underground type. So I liked it. Um, but yeah, if you don't like Kid <laughs> Cuddy humming, you don't like Kid Cuddy humming. I mean, you can't really change. It's either you like it or you don't. And yeah, you know, but I thought it, I thought it was solid. You know, maybe not the best, but it was definitely an album cut. Track 16, Rockstar Nights with Trippy Red. Um, so... I thought Trippy Red kind of outshined him a bit on this. Um, yep. I wasn't a big fan wow. of Cuddy on this one. But with that said, I I think there's potential for the two of them together. I think if they yeah, maybe I mean, work together more, they could they could put out some hits. Yeah, well, I think, you know, like I said before, that Trippy and that whole era of people are fed from Cuddy's blueprint. Yep. Um, so, like, for me, like, I'm with you where it feels more like a trippy song than Cuddy song. Like, I thought that Cuddy held it down and gave you the personal touches that you expect. I dug the beat, but like I said, it's not the kind of thing I'd pick for Cuddy. It's something that more of a trippy type thing. But the breakdowns and the changes, I think, were flawless for Cuddy uh, to round out the end of it. So, it, it was okay. A little bit above average, but... I'm with I'm with you when you say that you know they could oh, make yeah. something special if they try. You know, but like no, I, one, I think they could definitely do something well together. I don't think right. this was the one. I think he sounded really good on the chorus. I really liked him on the chorus, but I I mean I think you could have left right off of it. I just don't think he added to the song as much as you guys are talking about. But I could be wrong. I I haven't heard a lot of trippy red so i could overly you know just be critical of him yeah he's an acquired yeah. taste i, I see so far everything i've heard by red and mind time, you it's been but... few and far between and you know sporadic but it's there's never been one that i was like oh yeah you know what let me go <laughs> listen to more of his stuff because this song is so dope Which to be which to be fair, I don't do a lot of yeah. anyway. I mean you you Yeah, I mean you could go listen to any trippy song and you pretty much know what you're getting. So he's alright. 
Trek 17 for the kids. Um, I thought this was a dope flow. Everything works here except for the auto tune on the hook. Um, I, if you would take the auto, great. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a reaching. I think he did the auto tune on purpose because um, you know he can sing enough where he doesn't need to sound auto tune. Right. But obviously, he was doing it for the kids. Um, so I think that that's what he was doing. Um, to me, this one reminded me of the smoking songs that he's put on his other projects, like Higher off the first one. Um, but it's not about smoking. Uh, so I thought it was a great testament to his growth. Like, you know, before, if he'd have had that kind of beat, he'd have made a smoking song. Just the way it is. Uh, I love the beat, especially the arps, you know, that drove the backbone of this one. Um, but overall, it just ended up being, you know, an average. Oh, that's cool. It's different than what he would have done. I'm with you guys. But, you know, I love the beat and the chorus. Um, I will say I like the second verse better than I like the first. But, um, I mean, it was dope. Yep. I think one of the best things on the song was the skit at the end. I have made fire. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, cast, yeah, so. the castaway. For what it's worth, I really like that. It kind of caught me off guard. I was like, what is that? And the last track, Lord I Know. Um, it was fine. I think it was just a little too upbeat for a closer for me. Oh, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I said, while the, while the song closes the project, it feels more like a new beginning than an ending. Like, it's a strong message about persevering through life, so I get it. The beat is a banger to me. Uh, easily yes. could have been in the top half of the project, sonically. So it was a weir- weird way to end it, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a champion type thing, you know what I mean? I'm a winner. You know, I, I rock, rock it rock life. Life. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird way to end the cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I like it. I, I like it. Uh, I just probably wouldn't have put it at the end. But you never know. Maybe his next project Which will tie sense. in right to the end of that nicely. I... I you know, I do like the song. I gave it a three and a half. Um, I will say that I didn't really like the beat at first. But when he came in, he really made the beat sound good. And he, like, found the right pocket in the right slot. Like, he just did it. And he made it work really well. So, I actually really like this one. All right. So, before I rate this album, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant. So, Man on the Moon 1 was an absolute classic start to finish. Um, and it, almost to the, this generation's dark side of the moon. The Moon 2, also phenomenal. And then Indicud came and disappointed me. So, when I say Cuddy is hit or miss for me, like, he really is hit or miss. Um, and I think I've pinpointed my disappointment with this album. So back to the production, um, Dot to Genius only had one production credit on the first album, and it was Day and Night. On the second album, he had Marijuana Trapped in My Mind and Maybe. Uh, this album, he produced the entire thing. Uh, the first two were produced by Emil Haney, and I think that's what this was missing. So, you know, when when an artist, you know, has an album, I don't know, let's just say 
uh, Nas Illmatic. And I, and I tell you, I love Illmatic. It's a classic. And then we listen to Nas's next album. And I'm going to say, oh, I didn't like this. I didn't like this. Most people would say, oh, that's because you wanted Illmatic 2. Well, what I wanted here was Man on the Moon 3. And when you title it Man on the Moon 3, you set a certain expectation. And for me, that expectation was not met. Um, I think at this point in his catalog, I'm going to be content with saying that Satellite Flight will spiritually be Man on the Moon 3 for me. Um, I would give this album a 3. If I was going to rate his albums, you know, on a one to five basis, I don't hate this album. I don't hate it like I hate Indicud. I don't hate it like I hate Speed and Bullet to Heaven. But I don't love it like I love Man on the Moon 1 and 2 and Satellite Flight. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair. Like everything you said is fair. Like everybody's got a cutty that they love, you know, and the beats, I don't think make Cuddy, and I don't, I don't have as big of a problem with the production as you did. Um, but I can definitely understand what you're saying. To me, like he's got so much weird music in the middle that when he says he's doing a Man on the Moon three, I'm looking at the melodies that he's doing, you know, the personal lyrics, the struggle, the internal things that he's going through, and I thought that he did a pretty good job of setting the tone for that to me. And the beats felt like an updated version of the vibe. Like, they're not ever going to be as good as the original production. So I thought lyrically he had missed a step. He rapped like he had something to prove when he rapped. He sang like his soul needed it. Hum like he spends all his time on YouTube reading the comments to his old music videos. <laughs> I couldn't so hold I it say that I was trying not to laugh so you get your old thing out. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. I'm sorry. No, 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 no but, that, but that's what it is. Like, um, So it's not going to top the original, but I don't think it's as big of a misstep as you think it is, but that's you know, just personal preference. Uh, I crunched the numbers, and it came in at a 3.8. Um, so, it's, so it's above average for me, but to be above Cuddy's average isn't too hard for Cuddy. You know what I mean? All he's got to do is put some effort, get some decent beats, no. and you know, spend some time. Um, so not, not in the classic discussion by any means, um, not the one I'm going to grab every time I want to hear a Cuddy song. Um, but I don't think there's anything on here. I would just flat uh, I, out. I think the issue is, anymore. and just to defend him a little bit is it's unrealistic to expect him to top the first one because he won't, it's too good. Well, Absolutely. Well, the thing is, your first album, you know what I mean? He may have spent the better part of 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, you have so much to pull from for your first one. And it's like, how much of a struggle can I go through with all of this money? Like, what can I complain about? You know what I mean? So, like, he's had, he has to go through life making those weird projects to get to where he is for this one. Like, it's, it's hard to just make struggle albums over and over and over again. Obviously, it hasn't been struggling since the first I don't know. Time. My one big takeaway out of this whole entire album is the fact that there wasn't, like, one outstanding song. 
there's a lot of good songs. Like, don't get it twisted. I rated it at a 3.03. So I'm right between both of you guys. So I'm right there with you. But Day and Night was an outstanding song. Right? It's good even to this day. It's it's a great, it's an excellent song. Mm-hmm. All these songs, yeah, they're going to be great later, but there wasn't one, like, knockout. One thing that you go, oh, this is what makes this album. You know, the whole damn album slaps, though. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Like, no, I didn't have a problem with the beats like Dylan did. Um, but, you know, that's, that's personal fav- favorites. But uh, but I still I, but I think, you know, the counter what you're saying, I think she knows this yeah. is dope. You know, what I mean, like and it's the kind of song that will have the staying power. Solo Dolo three will be kind of like that. And then uh, the void. So yeah. some of the songs that you knocked kind of hard are like. The are you telling me that in ten years I'm gonna love things. these, like you know. I love the other ones? No, no. You you liked things that you know regular Cuddy fans right. might not be attracted to the same way. Yeah. You know, you're coming into cut. You're coming into Cuddy with a 2020 outlook, and we're coming. To cut you that is a absolutely fair, sir. No that is fair. But do you know it's not fair? It's not fair to compare Akon and T-Pain. T-Pain! I actually think it really is fair to compare those two, though. Well, then I think because, doing our right. segment it is. They are They are more alike than a... Gentlemen. All right, here's here's why I picked these two, and I didn't even realize that T Pain was signed to Convict Music. Um, but really? the reason I picked Doesn't these two is one of his whole albums go Convict Music. No, you're thinking of Akon. It's I'm not talking about T Pain. Oh. T Pain was signed to Akon's label. Got it. Yeah. But the reason I picked these two <clears throat> is because there was a time in the late 2000s in hip hop where a feature from T-Pain or Akon meant you made it. You had a Billboard number one selling record. Right. So speaking of selling records, uh, fun fact about Akon, he is the first solo artist ever to hold the number one and number two spots on Billboard consecutively. He also had four songs that were three times platinum, Three songs that were two times platinum, and ten songs that were one that went platinum one time, and ten more songs that went gold in the digital sales. So he's balling. He's he's released songs <laughs> in well, Akon yeah. City. He's released songs in in English, Hindi, and Spanish. did he record the ones in Hindi and Spanish? Just curious. And yeah. Uh, he's also listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the number one selling artist for ringtones. Ooh. Never, never. Yeah, that's never going to be broken. No, uh-uh. Never. That's a like nobody, nobody uses ringtones. Anymore. Yeah, we don't. <clears throat> uh, T Pain had fifty chart-topping singles. Um, his most successful feature was a uh, "Flow Riders Low," which was six. I was times waiting for platinum. you to say with Akon. Yeah. Um, 
They don't actually have that many they songs don't. together. Um, T-Pain has won two Grammy Awards. How many Grammys does Akon have? Uh, that Hold on. Let me, let me look it up here. Um, so Akon Five is from Grammys? St. Louis, correct? Uh, no, he has zero like Grammys. Oh, he was nominated five times, but yeah, he does uh, not have a Grammy. Uh, so Akon from St. Louis, Missouri, right? We're gonna we're gonna go with that. Akon from St. Louis, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's close enough. He's from St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, he did not grow yeah. up in St. Louis, but he, he was he was. Yo, Akon, hit me up. I got an album for you to listen to. I mean, he's from St. Louis in the same way that Eminem's from Kansas City. Oh, right. Uh, also, well, the see, the thing is, Eminem at least went back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was that Kansas? Say, Eminem, in Missouri, Eminem went right? back. They moved him back. Yeah. Yep. So, for me personally, um, I'm more of an Akon fan than I am a T-Pay fan. Um, just I enjoy Akon's melodies more. Um, also, if you haven't checked out Akon's EP from earlier this year, I highly recommend you do so. It's it's a sleeper. Um, T-Pain, uh, I'm not going to knock the dude. He's super talented, but most people know T-Pain yes. from the auto-tune. But uh, recently, I don't know if anyone's seen him on, uh, oh, what's that damn show, The the Masked Singer? I don't, I don't understand that. Like, dude can legit sing his ass off. And there's a few tracks out there with, with yeah, him, I come, I come with him not, you know, using auto-tune. And I, I wish he wouldn't use it as much. Um, yeah, well, he, he, he did it on oh, purpose. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's kind of the thing. Yeah. So, to me, I think Akon, to what you were saying, is the <laughs> early 2000s Nate Dogg. Like he came in and yeah, he was the sure. hook, he was the hook oh, guy. Sure. You know, he really he did find a generation of hit songs. Uh, I think Akon's problem, I think Akon's problem was he branched too far out and didn't bring his core fan base with him. So he went pop, and it kind of turned on him. You know, it made him pop, made him popular, undoubtedly very rich. But I think that that step without keeping it to what he was known for. Uh, led to his exit from the conversation musically. Um, but with him signing Lady Gaga, you know, and seeing that Lady Gaga money, I can obviously see why he shot his shot. You know what I mean? Let's go to super pop, you know, route. And uh, so I can't be mad at him for that. But I think that that was eventually his undoing, basically, in the music business, because you can't keep that level of pop up forever because pop fans are fickle. Yeah. And let's be real. He doesn't uh, need the music business anymore. No, it's creating a city. Oh no, no, definitely <laughs> Is he not. Be the mayor? Uh, t- yeah. So, like, I he he owns it. He's building. Oh my god! Like, he's got Acon Coin or A-coin. whatever to call it. Called. A Coin, yeah. Um, yeah. So T Pain, you know, it's going to be an unpopular opinion, uh, probably, but I think that he is the more popular of the two. Even though Acon put him on, you know. I think that the biggest thing to remember about T-Pain is he can actually sing. Like, not that Akon can't sing, but I think that that's the thing that people forget about T-Pain is he can actually sing. 
uh, a lot of passing listeners hear the T-Pain effect that Dylan talked about, and everybody calls it that. You know, they call it the T-Pain effect. Mm -hmm. But he was using auto-tune as an actual musical instrument instead of pitch correction like everybody else was using it at the time. Um, So it influenced the music industry for like two decades to the point where you still hear the T-Pain effect now on the radio. Um, but where I think he's underrated is his rapping abilities. Like he can pretty much hang with anybody as far as content and flow. Um, I think that the imitators, you know, around, you know, the late, his late run and when future came in, just kind of pushed him out of his spot. And so he's kind of been on the fringes cause he invented it, but everybody else is cool, you know, cool. Now they're the anti T pain. Um, so I think he's still making moves around the scenes now, writing for other people and stuff like that. Um, so to me, it comes down to personal taste. I think both of them are solid songwriters and producers who have a knack for making catchy songs. I mean, you can't really argue that neither one of them are talented like that. Um, so for me, if we're including all the features and all that other fun stuff, including I think I think T Pain is the okay. one. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like I think T Pain is the one for me, um, just because there's just so much out there. You know, I mean, and it covers the full gambit of stuff. Uh, so he's got personal, he's got clubs, he's gone the pop route, you know, but he always stayed true to himself and brought his core fan base along with him uh, in ways that Akon did. So my personal taste, I would have to go Akon. Uh, but before we move on to the next segment, I do, I would want to ask you this question. So not their own tracks, but what is your favorite T-Pain feature and your favorite Akon feature? Uh, my favorite Akon feature is not because he features on it, but, uh, and it was at the end of his run, but I like, I tried pretty much, but like to me, cause it was a bone song, you know, as a bone fan to get that cosign, you're just like, yeah, that's the one we got a hit. And you he know? did two tracks and, on and that they album, did for what it was right? worth. Yeah. Never, never forget yeah. me. And then there was another one that was cut. Right. Um, but never forget me is actually the better of the songs. But as far as it goes, like I tried, like, they put it together. The video was dope. Akon did Akon things. You know what I mean? And it was flawless, but it was at the end of his run. So it was like too little, too yeah. late. Um, and if I had to pick a T-Pain off the cuff, uh, I would probably go Kiss Kiss with Chris Brown. Uh, more of the poppy end of the run kind of thing. Either that or Good Life with Kanye. Those would be like the two I'd throw back as far as features go. John, are you well-versed enough? Akon music. No, I'm not. (laughs) So for me, Akon would be uh, Snitch with Obi Trice. It had that Soul Survivor feel that he did with uh, Jeezy, which was a mega hit when it came out, but it seems like one of those songs that everybody forgot about. Uh. Yeah, for T Pain, it's probably not even a well-known song. Uh, "Creep Fast" with Twista. Uh, yeah, it's a banger. Yeah. Just we love that song. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a good one. It definitely kind of tells you where you fit on the spectrum of them. You know what I mean? Like an Obi Trice feature for Akon. You know what I mean? It's like Akon was popular, but he wasn't popular. Right. You know what I mean? He was like the underground shady. Yeah. And the same thing with the T-Pain, a Twista feature, you know, Twista feature in T-Pain, that was Twista 
stepping outside of his level going to the radio with T-Pain. Yeah. You know, and that didn't have the legs that the that the bone feature did with Akon. Right. Uh, just because. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're definitely like you're having these stars feature with the second rung super talented people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely like you stayed away from the, the very popular ones. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into our next segment. Who that Who be? Is it? It's me. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I got... I got five. I got five, and they're super interesting. All right, the first one. Oof, this artist once dated Madonna. Ooh, all right. All right. No, no guesses. Uh, this rapper. No. Oh, go ahead. No. All right. Wow. This rap. This rapper is a three-time motocross champion. Wow. What? Like the motorcycle? <laughs> Yes. Are you kidding me? And dated Madonna. Yeah. All right. Oh, don't worry. It gets better. <laughs> All right. Number three. Number three was once wow. named one of People Magazine's most beautiful people. Bruh. All right. Hold up. I'm starting to think that this is not a traditional rapper, that it's someone that put out a rap album. I have no idea. I don't know. No guess. No, no guesses. All right. Number four was once arrested and charged with burglary and grand theft. All right. Items stolen, furniture, pool a pool heater, and bicycles. All right. Now we're starting to sound like a rapper. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. I do have one. Dated Madonna, motocross champion, charged yep. with burglary. What was it? Beautiful people. What? Yeah, one of the world's most beautiful people. One of the world's most beautiful, beautiful people. people. And they dated Madonna. Yeah. Oh, is it Vanilla Ice? I say, we... is that it? Wow. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> dated dated Madonna ninety one to ninety two, oh three time motocross champion, starting in nineteen eighty five. Uh, 1991, world's world's most beautiful person, arrested 2015, and number five was the first hip hop artist to have a song top the Billboard charts. Wow. November 1990. Those were great, yeah. So, those were really good hints because I'm like, all right, if he if he dated Madonna and was rated one of the most beautiful people, like this dude was obviously oh, like yeah. in the limelight, like for sure at one point, and then had a downfall. And I'm like, all right, who was in the limelight back then? <laughs> and then just absolutely mm-hmm. took a shit in life. <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like he didn't like he's he did his rap album, but then kind of you know didn't do rap. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like it's a if you did if you didn't know him from the beginning, you'd be like, oh, okay, you know he's he's more of a rock rap alternative sort of a thing. Yeah, but- now he just hangs out with people from Psychopathic. Yeah. Yeah, and flips houses. And flips houses. Oh, That's okay. how he got arrested. By the way, he thought he thought the house he thought the house was empty in Florida and started taking stuff out Did of not it. Like and that. The owners, you know, said something. Yeah, yeah, because it was like a vacant it was like a vacant house, but it really wasn't. Like they owned it, and they just never were there. Didn't they use it to furnish another house no. that they were doing for their TV show? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they uh. He pleaded out of it, but yeah, it was definitely a thing. 
All right, let's add some songs to John's playlist. Um, I actually bring it on. I have a few for you, John. Um, yeah. So this is this is going to start being a thing where I might have a few for you. All right. So the first one is just kind of a novelty. Um, so I was looking through the charts on Apple Music, and this was the number one song in France. Uh, so the song is in French. Uh, it's by Jewel, J-U-L, and S-C-H. And there's only two English words in the entire song, and it's the title of the song. The song is called Motherfuck. Mother <laughs> All right. <laughs> Motherfuck. And I'm just slightly curious as to if they say motherfuck on the radio in France because it's English curse Fair. words. So... I just, I don't know. I thought it was a fun little song. It's it's upbeat. Um, next track is NHL 2002 by The Bummers. Um, yeah, okay. for fa- <laughs> for fans of your uh, your high school rock band, like Weedis, uh, it's a fun nice. little early 2000s nostalgia song. Uh, maybe more so for the millennial generation. Um, and then, all right, so... I've got um, Milo. The track is called Souvenir. For fans of Atmosphere, Aesop Rock, Sage Francis, uh, Conscious Hip Hop, that really makes you think. Um, And then the uh, only other song I have is uh, The 12 12 Gifts of Christmas by Alan Sherman. Yeah, Alan Sherman. Uh, it's a fun song. Uh, I believe it's from the oh, 1950s or 60s. Um, it's it's a fun You're getting into the holidays, are we? Uh, yeah, actually, 19, 1964. Yeah, 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 getting into the holidays. Yeah. This will come out you know, after the holidays have passed. Perfect but, for uh, Easter. It's still a fun song to go back and listen to. <laughs> yes. Sweet. <laughs> That's all I got for you. All right. All right. My my first one, John. It's Falling Down by Fets, F-E-T-S, featuring Snuggles and nice. Sorbert. Uh, it's a lo-fi cover of the Lil Peep song by the same name. So uh, I think you really dig it. Uh, it's got some singing and stuff on it, so it's a different feel altogether. Uh, not quite as depressing. Um, my second one is Delta Hill Riders, is the name of the song, in brackets, Shine On. Uh, by Majestic Drama in Meet Sims. Uh, it's for fans of Old Town Road, Bone Thugs and Harmony, hip hop, and good music in general. Mm. It's out there. Like it's oh, more of a rap Lord. song than Old Town Road was, but it's definitely y'all. Are, y'all are just uh, drawing me into this country. Not, side not of like life. country as in country radio, but like it's more. It's like okay. the that, content is country. The song is not. Yeah, and then uh, I've got You're the Reason by Kai Rogers, uh, K-Y-R-O-D-G-E-R-S, for fans of Jelly Roll, MGK, pop rap vibes of personal lyrics, uh, that sort of a thing. Uh, And then I got an honorable mention of uh, Silent Night by Ritz from his Ritz album. Uh, And if you're a fan of Ritz or, you know, good rap in general, uh, you should listen to it. It's a Christmas album in a way that really 
the only time I've seen people take their brand of music and put it with Christmas was ICP and Twisted, where, you know, horror core. But that's not what this is. This is very much rich very on brand, but it's all about Christmas. I'm glad we reached yeah. that point. So silent night music where rappers can release Christmas albums. Uh, I listened to it. I was a huge fan of it. Yeah, there's there was a lot of stuff on there that uh, was really good. Like you'd be like, oh, it's a Christmas album. I don't really want to hear it. But it's the type of Christmas album that, you know, if one of the songs came on outside of Christmas, you probably wouldn't necessarily cut it off quick because it's a rap song that has Christmas. It's the diehard of Christmas Christmas song song in general for the whole thing. You know, know Die Hard's a Christmas movie, right? Pretty close. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's what they say. Comment below. It's a a long debate thing. Do we have comments on this thing? Can you comment? Find a place we can comment. Comment the email address. What's our email address? Put on a record at gmail.com. I don't think you can. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I think I believe it's put on a record pod at G. Send us an email. Maybe we'll but, read uh, you your. That about does it for this week. Yeah. See you guys. Bye.